Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Colter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine, very fine Tuesday afternoon. Beautiful day in Western Montana. Don't know where you're all at across the state, but here it's going pretty well. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for riding along with us. Hour number two. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast. The Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, listen, check it out. The podcast available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. You can also call us, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Regs Brothers RV phone line. Or if you'd like to stream the show, you can listen live on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you check out the stream. The stream is uh, available all the time, of course, the show every weekday afternoon. And it is there thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Speaking of Opportunity Bank, it is time for our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner. 
with Pat Duchesne, the uh, Florence Falcons head football coach. The Falcons, 5-1 and one on the season, are coming off a very impressive victory over uh, Eureka, who has won three of the last four state championships. So our Opportunity Bank, Coach's Corner, again, Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Well, happy now to welcome in on the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, the head coach of the Florence Falcons, he is our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner subject this week, Pat Duchesne from down there in Florence. Coach, thank you so much for being with us. Let's just start with the present. Unbelievable week last week. You're 5-1 and one right now, but you go up to Eureka and you beat uh, the, the team that's won three of the last four state championships at the Class B level, 35-20. An outstanding win for your team. What is this? What was this game like for you and for your club as a benchmarker? Was it? Do you consider it to be that to have gone and uh and beaten a club that has the type of program that eureka has you know i think um as far as a benchmark type situation we we play week to week you know in our program we started that four years ago when we took this over we we want to go one and oh every week and and you know getting the win over eureka up there at eureka you know, where they pack the stands, um, you know, they, they just have a great, huge following. What was a little bit more special. Um, it, it really was. We have a really good relationship with, with Eureka's football program. Um, the boys get along with them very well. Um, it's usually a really clean game and just, just hard fought. Um, Eureka brought a ton of toughness, um, you know, probably the toughest team we faced yet. Um, salty, really salty kids, and and they're just fundamentally sound. Coach Utter has them so fundamentally sound. It's 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 it, it's envious, you know, at, at times, definitely, especially when when we have some mistakes. Um, as far as benchmark, going back to that benchmark, you know, I think it's we talked to the boys about that being a conference championship game, um, just where we're sitting, you know, right now. Now we're the um, sole undefeated team in the conference. Um, so, so we, we kind of control our own destiny. I was in attendance when you guys had the, I, I guess on your side of things, at least heartbreaking overtime loss to Manhattan. But I thought that was also sort of an announcement to the rest of the state, how competitive Florence could be this year. But since then, you guys have been undefeated and you've been rolling some teams up. I was also at your game against Anaconda, and you guys did pretty much whatever you wanted offensively. Had the big win over Big Fork, and then this last weekend against Eureka as well. What sort of turning point was that loss to Manhattan? What, how do you what do you think of this? The way your kids have responded since that loss? Well, I think you know we, we still have some young kids in 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 key positions. You know, we'll we'll pick on our quarterback because we can. He's he's a sophomore, and and you know if anybody watched that Manhattan game or or the stats that aren't talked about are we 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 basically spotted them twenty one points. Um, two of them, two of them were on a, a strip sack for a touchdown and, and a very bad errant throw, um, or shovel, we'll call it at, for a, for a defensive touchdown to them, which buried us 14 to zero right out of the gates. And then we fumbled inside of our own five again, which took them, I think six or seven plays because of some penalties and stuff to, to punch it in. So, you know, it, it we, it, it set the tempo for us to make sure and become a ball security team. And, and, and we thought we started to do pretty good. We ended up losing the turnover battle against Big Fork again. I think we were minus three in that one. Um, you know, we were minus three against against uh, Manhattan. So, 
you know, it, it shows what kind of talent we have if we want to really focus in and play some mistake-free football. Um, it was a heartbreaking loss for these kids. These kids, um, you know, four years ago when we took over, the kids didn't really care if there was a win or a loss, you know, and, and, and it kind of showed with, you know, Florence's previous record the, the, the previous years, you know, they just, they, they were kind of there. And now these kids actually expect to, to win every game, you know, and it's so special to see them, see them, you know, cry after a big loss like that, you know, and, and just be emotionally drained and, and upset and, and willing to, you know, when you got 35 kids out of your 48 kids on your team, willing to put in every day in the summer, you know, four days a week. And, and that's weights and conditioning and, and schematic stuff like they, this group of kids wants it more than any group that we've seen, you know, in our four years as taking over and in my nine years, you know, in coaching at Florence. You know, I am very interested in this because historically Florence has had some good teams, some high water marks, and then some some not so good years as well, but hasn't been a huge force at the Class B level. And when you take over a program and it's not like you can recruit and so forth and so on, like what what were you and, and your group of coaches able to do to instill to actually build a program where, you know, the, the, the kids that you got are who you got and you have to make this group, you know, better each and every year? You know, it, it, I think it, it, it boils down to patience um, with us. And, and we talk a lot as a program about process-driven not outcome driven. Um, and, and so there again, you know, when you, anytime you take over a program and you want to establish the cliche, the coaching cliche of, of establish a culture, right? Every, every coach that takes over a new program is going to tell you the same thing. Well, we got to establish our culture. Well, yeah, you do. You, you definitely do. And there's validity to that. Um, but, but the patience is where it needs to, needs to hang on. And us coaches have, have talked about that, um, here recently that, you know, it frustrating in year one to go four and five and year two to go six and four and, and you lose out in the first round. And then we got a little snippet last year of making it to the second round, but still not able to come through and beat a, beat a dynasty like Fairfield, you know, and what coach Meyer did over there. And, and you, you sit back and, and, and this year is when we finally have been able to recognize that patience perseverance is really paying off. You know, there's not one of us that coaches or that teaches inside of Florence. So we're all outside coaches coming in. And the last thing we want to do in the off season is open up the weight room at, at six or seven o'clock at night, you know, and go in there four days a week. And it's, it's taxing. It really is, especially when you're not seeing the fruits of your labor. Um, But all of a sudden you get to this year four, you know, and you get, you you start seeing the buy-in from the kids and the, and the strength gains from the weight room and the the team bonding, you know, and the leadership and just just a lot of those things that we were lacking up until this year come start coming together and it it, it starts making it worth it, you know, and and, and and essentially it becomes easier on on us coaches, um, you know, when you have when you have the seniors that you've had for four years and then you have the juniors that you've had and 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 they're just special classes, you know, and, and they're starting to coach right along with you, you know, and they're starting their, their expectations are that the younger kids are going to be in the weight room. And, 
And then you have a freshman class and, and your sophomore class that their expectations are going to be in the weight room. And, you know, your upcoming eighth graders and seventh graders look at that and they hear about this special weight room, um, you know, and this special field and the sacred acre and, you know, all these workouts that we do. And it just, it, it basically just boils down to just having patience, you know, and just not looking for that instant gratification, but building the program from the ground up, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and it, it, our, our new school project that we're doing, you know, with our new bond down here that I'm looking at the construction equipment right now and it, it's not going to get built in a day, you know, it's not going to get built in a year and, and people just have to, they just have to have the patience, you know, to, to see it through. Pat Duchesne joining us, our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner. He's the head coach of the Florence Falcons. Florence, 5-1 and one on the season, coming off a fantastic win over uh, Eureka, who's won three of the last four Class B state championships. Coach, I want to ask you about the evolution of your guys' offensive system and your offensive style, because I know last year was a great year. Like you mentioned, the breakthrough, getting the playoffs, and then winning a playoff game. And by my research through the MHSA record books, I think that was your guys' first time winning a playoff game in Florence 23 years. I think 1996 was the last time I could find Florence hosting and winning a playoff game. But you guys had a great quarterback a year ago in Colby Coleman, three-year starter for you guys. But you replaced him, like you mentioned, with your son, Pat DeShane Jr., who's a sophomore. But watching you guys, at least the two games I watched, it was my impression that you're trying to play with a lot of tempo, spreading it around a little bit, getting it to your athletes on the perimeter. It seemed to me like a pretty sophisticated offensive system. I was really impressed with the way your quarterback's running it right now, especially as only a sophomore. But what went into this, some of the decisions to maybe evolve from more of a running quarterback-style offense to more of a spread attack? And how have you, think, how have you thought your kids have picked that up? You know, um, honestly, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of weapons on the outside and in the backfield. Um, we, we've got, you know, a couple of great, phenomenal running backs, um, Ying and Yang. And then, and then you start looking at our four, you know, receivers in our, in our spread set. And they're just, they're juniors that have been in the system for three years, most of them. You know, they've been starting for three years. And they understand their FBI, their football intelligence is 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 next level. It really is. Um, so you, you 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 surround you surround a, a young kid at quarterback with some athletes like that. Um, you know you're going to be able to to move it around. I was looking at our stats today, and we actually out of nine of our receivers that have caught ball, seven of them have receiving touchdowns. You know this year, which is which is pretty special in class B to have that many weapons. Um, you know, as far as, as far as the evolution of it, coach Quinn Chamberlain, he's, he's my offensive coordinator. He's, he's doing a phenomenal job. He's a, he's a, he's a student of the game. You know, he, he, he understands coverages. He understands what our strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and, and at the end of the day, he just, he puts together great game plans. You know, we work on it together. Um, but ultimately it's going to be his call and he's, he's got these kids dialed in. Um, you know, the, the, the smartness is from our specialist is what's, what's helping us drastically, um, you know, be able to spread the ball around, which is what we want to do. We want to throw it, but you know, people see that our numbers are, are up there and we're throwing and we have a lot of receiving touchdowns, but we're still really only a 50, 50 team. Um, when you look at our run to pass ratio, we just, we have smart kids, you know, and again, I'll go back to, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't brag on my kid much at all. And, and, and he knows that, but boy, he got his mom smarts, you know, he can, he can read a defense and he knows where to go with the, with the ball. I mean, he really, 
it's it's fun, you know, and we haven't had that. We haven't had that opportunity to be able to yin and yang in our passing game and say, okay, if, if the safety bites here, we throw here, you know, and, and multiple times on film we've watched him go to his, to his, you know, second and third, and even this last week we saw on a botch snap him go to a fourth progression in, in, in a scramble. So, he, so he's smart. He just – Sometimes he's too smart for his own being, and he and he wants to throw a shovel pass against Manhattan when nobody's there, and they take it back. So he, <laughs> he'll learn, right? We want him to learn early on in the season. But you know, ultimately, I mean, everybody wants to look at the stats and the numbers and and all of that, and you, and you, and you sit back and you go, okay, well, you know, have we had the time to throw it? Um, you know, in past years, and 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 we've had some really good linemen in past years, but. Coach Tono Lippi's doing a great job with our offensive line on the offensive side. I mean, he's got he's got those guys motoring. I mean, it's pass blocking at the class B level is not the easiest thing in the world um, to 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 pick up. And and these guys are picking up some stunts and they're picking up some blitzes and and they're giving Junior some time. And and it's it's you know it, it's definitely an overall team team concept team aspect on on the offensive side for sure. You know, I'm, I'm interested in this too, Coach, which is just the whole community aspect of, of Florence in general and then that how that relates to the football team because it seems to me that the community of Florence has really rallied around the school and, and around sports there and now obviously around football. And how big a deal is it? I mean, we take for granted kind of some of maybe the small towns around Montana have that, but it's not all equal. And it feels like Florence as as, as a community, as, uh, as you know, families with students in school and stuff have really come out and been excited you see a lot of Florence gear a lot of Florence you know uh, uh, sweatshirts and hats around town when you're down there and and that kind of thing how big a deal is that to have just that sort of emotion that energy uh, behind your team and behind those kids when they're playing it's it's huge this community has been awesome um, you know for our football program we talked to them you know it's funny you bring that up because year one year two we talked about it and we talked about you know, when you travel the state of Montana and you come into small little towns, you know, you can usually feel a vibe, right? And and you just can't, especially if you're a sports person. And, and you can tell by the way the community carries themselves and they're wearing school gear. And, and you know, you just you just have that warm and fuzzy feeling. You know, you, you drive into Fairfield, Montana. You know, I mean, you could blink and you're going to miss it, you know. And, and Eureka, Montana. And... And you got these small towns, you know, even, even, you know, like Big Timber and Red Lodge and, and the small towns that you've been to, there's just a sense of pride. And we talked about that in the first couple of years that, you know, out of all these small towns that you go to and you feel a sense of pride in that town, you know, I challenge the kids like, hey, look at their football team and see what their football team's doing. Um, you know, football is such a special sport that, that, that you get to have, you know, 40 to 50 kids on a team and they all have to work together and, and it's community driven and, and you just, you just see that, you know, you see that, you know, if you walk into a small town and there's, there's, there's people walking around and you just, you, you get that weird feeling of, you know, this is a cool little place. You go in, you, you pull up max breaths or whatever you want to do and you look at their, you look at their, their football program and it's probably going to be a pretty decent program. And so that's, that's one thing that we wanted to bring back to these kids to make it special is, 
is get the community to buy into you. And, and you do that by, you know, I'm not saying we haven't had our missteps. We have, you know, and, and, and this group just continues to get better and, and they become more mature with their decision making. And all of a sudden you start seeing more and more community involvement within your program. You know, and people wanting to try to sneak into games during COVID, you know, and, and want, and, and by God, they're not going to, they're not going to stay away. You know, they're going to find, you know, I mean, we've got a fence around the property here and you'll see people coming in from private property, you know, and, and, and standing on the outside, you know, behind the fence and out on highway 93 along the fence. And, and you just, it's, it's really special for these kids, you know, especially in small town to, to have that. And, and, and on the flip side to know that, the community actually is watching you, you know? So if you, if, if you do slip up, you know, coach is probably going to get a phone call. And so you, so you got to try to walk a little more straight and narrow, but at the end of it, the memory is going to far outweigh, you know, any kind of uh, unpopular decisions or making the right decision is going to bring to you, you know? Pat Duchesne joining us. He's the head coach at Florence Carlton high school. He's got the Falcons in the top five of the Class B ranks, and they're rolling right along. Coach, last question for you. We get you out of here on this. Got a big matchup against Red Lotch this weekend. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be played in Bobcat Stadium, right? Well, no. The, the, that game ended up getting canceled. That, oh. that was a couple weeks ago. They canceled. Gallatin Valley, from what I understand, did not didn't, didn't feel comfortable with teams coming in and playing. So um, the only option that we had was to – to, to commute down to Red Lodge. We couldn't find a, a, a common meeting ground. Um, and we felt like taking a seven-hour bus trip for a non-conference game was probably not going to be in our best interest with COVID, you know, keeping the kids on the bus that long. So we we uh, we have another week off here, and then we're, we're actually getting game prepped for Loyola the following week. Well, so no, let's, sorry let's get, to burst your bubble up. No, that's okay. I, well, that actually makes it even better. Right? Let's get into it on that note. Then you got two weeks to prepare for your arrival. So uh, how do you keep the kids locked in and maybe not overhyped, but just perfectly hyped enough? You know, so, similar to what we did last year. We, we you know, and, and what we tried to do with Eureka is, is us as coaches, we need to lead by example and not get too too excited for it. You know, treat it. Treat it as another game. You know, this week we'll go into film a lot and practices will be a lot lighter. Um, just kind of getting some schematics around Loyola. Um, you know, getting our kids healed up. You know, we we have some we have some bumps and bruises. Nothing major from from last Friday night, of course, from Eureka. And so we'll get we'll we'll take this week to get them healed up and get them kind of starting to think about Loyola's plans and and tendencies and and what we're going to see and then next week we'll hit it pretty hard and and get ready and 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 hopefully you know with this virus we'll get to play the game and 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 come out on top and and get that one seed and force people to have to drive to Florence to to win a playoff game well we're among the ones wishing the best of luck coach hope we're making that drive down to Florence for a playoff game ourselves Pat Deshane head coach of Florence Carlton High School thanks so much for joining us coach Guys, I appreciate everything. Thank you for the coverage, and uh, you guys stay safe and healthy out there, and I wish you guys all the best as well. Thanks, Pat. We wish you the best, too, uh, going forward. And, man, they are rolling, aren't they, at Florence? 
Uh, right now, again, Pat Duchesne, our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Appreciate him for joining us and uh, and continuing with that. And we'll obviously keep track of uh, Florence and what they do at 5-1 and one on the season. I mean, remarkable in that win over Eureka. Uh, they are rolling straight, certainly, into the playoffs. And uh, they have aspirations that are state title and level, even though they haven't even been in that sort of realm yet. They have proven on the field that they belong there right now in this year. Loved what Coach Duchesne said about the identity of small Montana towns and how you really can feel it when you have a town like Manhattan or a yeah. town like Eureka and the football team's rolling along. It's just, yeah. It just makes the whole community better and enthused, and they're into the high school. They're into the young people in the community. Super cool. The most intriguing part about the Florence Falcons to me is that they're doing this with a roster that most of their best players are juniors and with a couple really talented sophomores. Pat Duchesne Jr., their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. Blake Shoup, Levi Posey, Kyle Abbott, those guys are all juniors. Really strong class, really good athletes. You know, it is it is a unique thing, and we talked about this a little bit, but down the bitter route, where you have a uh, you know, a line of small communities, but there's not the distance between them that there is in most other small communities across the state. In fact, in some cases, there's really no distance between them. And so whether you're in Stevensville or Victor or, or, or you know, uh, Hamilton or Florence, you know, there's obviously lines that separate you identify, but it's not as obvious where this is the town and then anybody within 10 or 20 or 50 miles around this town, you know, sort of identifies with that town. It's a lot uh, more sort of a, a confluence of people. But Florence has managed to uh, really create a very uh, sort of community oriented uh, uh, vibe and, and scene there that especially I think ties into that school. And that's that's very cool to see. Uh, we'll take a quick break on the other side. Some prep spotlights. Give you the golf results and also a great, great update on an outstanding runner out of Missoula Hellgate, Sage Brooks. All of that coming up right after this. Hey, we know why we live in this state, right? So we can enjoy it. Get outside, recreate, do all those things. Well, if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work. And sometimes it's at the expense of your own free time. That is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business. That also helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up the previous month's books. How about that? Visit blackbookkeepingllc.com, blackbookkeepingllc.com, and schedule a free consultation today. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. They Van Halen heavy show today uh, for uh, obvious reasons. Again, if you weren't with us earlier, if you haven't heard, Eddie Van Halen passing away today at the age of 65. So, uh, 
a couple of tribute songs here as we roll through a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you're well. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate your time. Thanks for letting us roll along with you. And uh, Coulter, I know you want to talk Trey Lance. I suppose you want to save it for tomorrow because we got a lot to say about Trey Lance and him declaring for the draft. But we also got a couple of high schoolers, man, that we got to talk about. So what are we? Where are we at here? Man, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. Of course I do. Worth mentioning, we've talked about Eddie Van Halen. We haven't talked about Gail Sayers or Bob Gibson. We'll do a little bit of a follow-up on both those guys. But I think that both of them are so impactful for their unbelievably uh, transcendent talents. Bob Gibson, the famed Hall of Famer, the Hall of Fame pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Best DRA in the history of the game. 1.12. Honestly, the 1968 season by Bob Gibson, I, I believe you could say, changed the game of baseball as much as any single performance by an individual had ever changed the game. They changed the height of they, the mound that's right. That's because right. he was mowing people down at such an unbelievable rate. Trivia question, who was Bob Gibson's catcher for most of his career? Hmm. No idea. Joe Torrey. Mm. Good one. It's a good one. Um, but we'll get in it. We'll, we'll do a little bit more on Bob Gibson tomorrow, too, because I, I think that it's an underrated factor. We've talked about the way that the black athletes in baseball blaze such a trail, and Jackie Robinson gets so much credit as the, the forefront of that, blazing that trail. But black pitchers were so rare mm. back in the 50s and 60s. And so Bob Gibson, to be the not only Cy Young Award winning, but he won the MVP in 1968. That's a rare feat in itself, Amazing. too. Yeah. I think only four pitchers have ever won, four or five pitchers ever won the actual MVP as well. So he made a huge impact on the sport and definitely one of the most fearsome and ferocious pitchers in the history of baseball. And then Gail Sayers, I mean, Gail Sayers is one of those rare... So wait, are we doing it now or are we doing it no, later? We'll, we'll do it later. Gail Sayers, though, Gail Sayers is just one, of the, <laughs> one of the rare athletes where the people that saw him describe him with such unbelievable reverence. That's right. It's one of those, you had to be there to see yeah. it. And he's one of the great tragedies in terms of uh, getting hurt his and not and having his injury. Seven years he played. But you're right. Everybody that watched Gail Sayers play, they go, well, you don't need to tell me about anybody else. I've seen it for myself with Gail Sayers. So a little prep spotlight. The uh, you've heard it in the news as we've talked about it here, but just reiterating, Cade McDonough, freshman, a freshman, people won the boys' double A state golf tournament. Shot a seventy both days. That's two under at Larchmont. It's one under at the Missoula Country Club. He's the only golfer under par, uh, boys or girls, in the state tournament, and he wins the thing outright. Congratulations to him. Puts himself right on the map for this in the next three years after this in uh, golf in the state of Montana, uh, and uh, and also leads his team to their first state tournament championship in over twenty years. The Sentinel Spartans, and so congratulations to him uh and then uh bozeman they've they just keep winning girls state championships culture i mean they just blown the doors off 61 strokes better than billings west which you know is first of all i'm not going to say it's not a lot it seems like a lot more than it is in the context of golf but you gotta you know you're adding up four total scores over the course of two days so i mean you're talking about, say, the average margin of victories, like four, four, five strokes per player per day. Still, though, to be that much better than everybody else. I mean, that's second place that you've beat out by that much. Just impressive what the Bozeman Hawks have done. I mean, just fill it up, basically. I mean, they had, I think they had, they finished one, two, four, five, mm-hmm. or a one, two, at least four. So three of the top four golfers in the state play for the Bozeman Hawks. It's just a machine at this point. It's like the the sophomore girls are the ones that are third or fourth on their own team, and then fifth or sixth in the state. Then the juniors are 
competing for medal or for uh, podium places, and then the seniors are just winning and or dueling it out for the state title, and it's it's unbelievable the yeah. run that they've been on. Um, and notably, uh, this is the state tournament's happening because the, the in the other classifications, it's a spring sport golf still, where it's been moved to the fall in uh, in double A at the double A. Uh, Class A was this, this last weekend too. We'll give Class some A results too, on yeah. that tomorrow. Uh, and as we know, it's BC for golf because yeah. uh, most C schools don't have golf. Sage Brooks, though, Coulter. It's a great story. Another person I know you wanted to highlight. Uh, Frank Gogol doing an outstanding job. Great, great writing, a great story out of the Missoulian about Sage Brooks. But if you haven't heard of her, the time has come. You need to. This day and age, so often, I think that this hyper-focus on specialization when it comes to athletics yeah. and pushing kids into athletics so they can chase college scholarships, it's exhausting, it's not good for kids, but also creates so much burnout too. This Sage Brooks story is amazing though. She basically said, hey, I, I just wanted to meet some people when I first got to Hellgate. I wanted to meet some friends. And I heard that the cross-country kids were really nice. So she just started running cross-country. And... She had never done the sport before, and she just rapidly developed into an ACC caliber runner in the span of three and a half years. And she ran the fastest time in the state uh, a little while ago. But I mean, Anders, Bro- Anders, the coach at Hellgate, he is such an unbelievable coach. But he has said that she's one of the most naturally talented runners he's ever coached, and he's coached a lot. And I think that shows the fact that to be recruited by Syracuse when you're in Missoula, Montana, you have to be the total package. You have to be throwing down times that are turning heads on a national level, but you also have to be a top-notch student. And so, I mean, credit to this young lady because she's obviously a phenomenal kid. And what an opportunity for her. You get to go run the ACC. It's big time, man. Um, She uh, was recruited first by Gonzaga a year ago and had the fastest time in the state, uh, which, by the way, was 1759, if you're uh, keeping track at home, which is about how long it takes me to get to the kitchen from the couch. Um, but also, she did so well running that she was invited to the Nike Cross Country Regionals, which are as big as it gets, except for the Nike Cross Country Nationals, which she did well enough at the Regionals to get to the Nationals. Now, if you're at the Nationals, that is the combine of running. You know, when you're talking about kids going out of high school into college, that's that's where you go. And uh, the, but you have to earn it. Like you don't just get to show up. You gotta you gotta make your times and go. She went. And uh, has a barrage. I mean, Utah, Boise State, Gonzaga, they're all in uh, on Sage Brooks. She's going to Syracuse. Congratulations to her. Great story uh, out of Missoula Hellgate. Another outstanding track and field slash running cross-country athlete. Andres Brooker, excuse me. I, I forgot his last name for a moment because I was visualizing the great billboard he has for First Security Bank and, and for his business, The Runner's Edge, because it just says, meet Anders. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I forgot his name, but he's one of the great cross-country coaches in the state of Montana. And the fact that Clint May now is uh, at the University of Montana, that could be an interesting collaboration because those two guys were high school quote-unquote rivals. I know that they have massive respect for each other, but it's usually almost always Bozeman and Hellgate in cross-country at the end of the day. And now we have the, both those guys in the same town, which has always been such a great running community. But Ars Brooker's coaching Clint May's kid. So now all of a sudden you have like this connection. And you just wonder if they're bouncing ideas off of each other. and Because there's a certain distinct science to distance running. And 
most distance runners love that science. They love engaging in the science of the body. And so I think that uh, that could be a pretty interesting relationship to see how it develops. But congratulations to Sage Brooks because that's huge to be able to commit to Syracuse. And I uh, will keep you updated because I think that the girls' side of things for cross country and double A is going to be a fierce, fierce battle. You got Kylie Hartnett, who's the defending state champion. You got Sage Brooks from Missoula Hellgate, Kylie Hartnett from Helena High, Sage Brooks from Missoula Hellgate, and then Odessa Zentz, one of the great young athletes in Montana. She's only a sophomore, but she's been pushing Kylie Hartnett all all along at Helena High. And so I think those three, they're all three nationally elite caliber runners already as high school um, athletes. So uh, I think double A cross country on the female side is going to be a battle for the individual uh, medalist award. To tell new on us, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. NBA Finals, Game 4 is coming up at the top of the hour, 15 minutes away from sending you to the bowl for Game 4. What do we expect? Boys and girls, BAM's back next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back to Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Tuesday as we roll towards Game 4 of the uh, NBA Finals. I said it's at the top of the hour, the the, the broadcast, because it's the top of the hour, tip-off 7 o'clock tonight uh, uh, on uh, on ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, listen at your leisure. We appreciate that. You can get the Two Tell Nuanas podcast, thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Also, get the Grizz Greats podcast bill johnston's episode up now if you missed our conversation with bill earlier in the show phenomenal a lot of fun really interesting to talk to you and i promise you some stories that you have not heard that you will enjoy very much so go check out grizz greats get it anywhere you get your uh, podcast and uh, download it and uh, listen to it uh coulter the la lakers lost their first game of the series they're down two games to one they play tonight, and Bam Adebayo is returning for the Miami Heat, a significant uh, get for the Heat to have him back. Just got a Twitter, or I just got an alert from the Athletic that Goran okay. Dragic is a game-time decision as well. Okay, so possible that Dragic gets back. They need all of them. I mean, uh, they, they need all of them and more. Well, let me ask you this. Do they? Because they didn't have either of them, and they just won. So... They did. Jimmy Butler played an unbelievably inspired Great game, game, and I think that the Lakers, particularly your boy Anthony Davis, was co- where they were coasting. I don't even ask you this. What did you think of the LeBron walk-off? Uh, I've seen it before. Yeah. I've, he walked off with like three minutes to go. Now, he shook everybody's hand, but in, in the finals when they got swept by the by right. the Golden State Warriors, he, he, he dapped everybody up, he said what's up, said good job, and he walked out. So, you know, that is... I, I'm going to give LeBron James the benefit of the doubt at every turn. That, to me, um, there's a lot of guys that do that, and they get 
criticized and crushed, and perhaps rightfully, there's a certain level at which that, to me, is leadership. Like, that was such disgust at what you just That's, produced in a see, game three. You go, we're not doing this. I'm out of here. You will see me in the locker room. This is exactly how I took it. I did not take it as bad sportsmanship whatsoever. I took it as he couldn't stand to look at his teammates anymore. That's right. You had a, this he isn't, was like God, man. This isn't a game. This is a series. Right. He, if he did that at a, at a, in, a, in an elimination game and just walked out, I would I would be all over him about that. But in this instance... I'm not. Here's what I think about tonight's game, and I, I'm pumped up about tonight's game. I think tonight, first of all, this is this is the game of the series. If the Lakers win this game, they will win the series. If they don't win this game, it's going to be great, and it's a coin flip, obviously. I mean, it's two games to two about who wins the whole thing. So there is a ton riding on this game. Also, because the Heat have life, and showed that they can do it, showed themselves first and foremost and everybody else that they can do it. They have the momentum of, of Adebayo returning and perhaps have solved a couple of things just from a basketball standpoint. Uh, I think that they this is, a hu- uh, this is going to be a great game. The Lakers are seven-point favorites. I, don't, I think this is going to be a much closer game than that. I really do. That said, the last time that Anthony Davis laid a stinker in the last round, by the way, and was criticized for it and hit on you know all the sports media, all the social media, and so on and so forth. He came back and had like 37 points and crushed uh, the Denver Nuggets, okay? I expect Anthony Davis to be on fire tonight. I think he's going to be great. I think LeBron James is going to be great, and I think the Lakers are going to be great too. I think the Heat are going to be up for that challenge, and I think that they are going to play inspired, hard-nosed, what-they-are type of heat basketball. And at the end of the day, if both of these teams play at a very high level, it's the Lakers that win. Like the Lakers, I I got the Lakers winning this game, but I think this is going to be, I mean, I, I hope this is going to be a great game that comes down to it. I think that it will. I hope the Heat win for the sake of getting us to an even split in a great series and we can have, uh, you know, uh, the certainty of a sixth game and look at maybe at a seventh, you know, but... Uh, if the Lakers win this, though, the Heat are not beating L.A. three straight, man. They're not They're not going to do it. So this is – last game was a gots-to-have-it game for the Heat. They got it. This is a gots-to-have-it game for the Heat, too. But I am going to pick – I think the Lakers will win this game in a close one. They're going to go at AM to see what he's got. Sure. So it really does come down to Anthony Davis. Can he exploit an injured guy? He has the definitive advantage over Bam Adebayo anyways – some sometimes there's certain players that I think that they are so mentally tough that when they're hurt, it's not a detriment to their team if they push through the pain. And other guys, though, sometimes you want to push through the pain and you just don't really have that same level of fortitude. So you can actually be hurting your team if you can't move as well. I'm just so interested to see it because there, there's no real example of this for Ram Autobio yet. Well, he, he might no. he might play great, or he might be a liability. We don't know. But here's the thing: if he's a liability, it will it will only be physically, right? And and it would, and we'll see that early, and he won't be able to be there. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, though. This is he had like a neck strain. Is that what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a level at which you obviously have to be obviously incredibly careful. Want to make sure that everything is just fine. But 
it's not going to affect his movement, I wouldn't think. Like, it's not like he's got a, a, a foot that he can't jump off of or a wrist that he can't flex when he's shooting or something along those lines. So if you're talking about within the context of a basketball game, you know, can he, is it going to be hard for him to look, you know, to see defensively where he needs to go and that kind of thing? Maybe. Um, but I, I, I got to think that, you know, he's going to be able at least to, to, to move around in his natural, you know, within the context of 100% of his natural physical ability. We will find out. That game's coming up for you all right here at ESPN Radio. Excellent input there at the end. Very great use of that. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We send you to the bubble after these messages. Enjoy Game 4 the NBA Finals. We'll be back with you tomorrow. It's Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.